said life is easy, but I believe by giving yourself permission, you will find you have more control over your life than you realize. I'm Julie. I hope you will join me by taking responsibility for yourself by only controlling the things you can and letting go of the things that you can't. By doing this, you will have discovered the secret to having happy, healthy, and more fulfilling relationships. This is Nearest and Dearest Podcast. I'm Julie Rogers, and you are listening to Episode 15, Mental Health Stigma. We have made some progress with our society handling mental health shaming, but we still have a long way to go. I think there still is a misconception about what mental health means. The World Health Organization says, Mental health is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Mental health conditions range from anger issues, anxiety and panic attacks, stress, depression, using drugs and recreational drugs and alcohol, to eating disorders. There are many more conditions that people need help with. We all go through tough and difficult times in our lives. How do we know if we have a mental health condition or if someone we care about does? Sometimes it can seem obvious when someone is going through a hard time but there is no simple way of knowing that it might coincide with a mental health concern. Only mental health professionals can diagnose individuals. Along with the diagnose, the mental health field can offer various types of therapy and medication that can help with treatment. Mental health therapy is one of the fastest growing fields with high demand for practitioners. The estimate, according to John Hopkins Medicine, is that mental health conditions affect one of every four Americans each year. That's about 26% ages 18 and older. There is always hope for a correct diagnosis and treatment that can be effective. I have been treated for depression and anxiety in my past. The first time I was able to be open and honest with my own doctor was after I relocated to New York in 2006. She prescribed an antidepressant to help me with my depression. I was nervous at first. I didn't know if this medicine would alter my personality or turn me into someone who was going to be extra tired with no energy. My doctor told me it would take a few weeks to notice a difference. She was right. I felt more like my old self. I could focus on any pending problems I was navigating through since my marriage ended. I wasn't extra tired anymore. 
I wasn't as emotional either. It didn't change who I was. It just helped my brain balance more on an even keel. I wasn't feeling so overwhelmed with the many changes that were happening in my life. Because the medication was working for me, I felt I didn't need therapy in addition. However, as more time passed by, some more anxiety issues were developing for me. I did seek out a mental therapist. I can only speak for myself. Therapy was a chance to start to understand my own personal feelings and begin to accept my choices and the consequences that came from them. It was very enlightening for me. I am a very open and expressive person. I feel because of this, it wasn't hard for me to begin to understand and cope with my own depression and anxiety. I had to revisit some more anxiety symptoms years later. I was navigating blending my family and caregiving for my mom. A very good friend actually wrote down on a piece of paper some concerns she had about me, and she gave it to me over lunch one day. She listed all the external forces she knew I was dealing with and suggested I get some help with settling down my anxiety. She was absolutely right. I was able to talk with my doctor about my anxiety and she prescribed medication. In my experience, there are times in our lives when our problems become very overwhelming and it's okay to ask for help. Not just talking to your doctor about possible medication that can help, but allowing others, such as family or friends, to help you see your own obstacles and struggles. Each time period that I sought out professional help were different. Treatment that was offered did significantly treat my symptoms. Over time, I was able to stop taking the prescribed medicine under a doctor's guidance and care. My mental health was able to get back to a healthier balance. Today, I'm very self-aware about my own mental health well-being. I keep myself in check if I start to notice that I'm having some difficulty with handling any of my life concerns. I have a great support group between my family and close friends. If I feel the need to reach out again to mental health advocates, I would do so without hesitation. My hope is that more families will be open to the possibility that recognizing a loved one's struggles first and then in a loving and nurturing way guide that loved one to the resources that are available for help. Similar to families that are navigating through a loved one's addiction struggles, 
professional help only works if that family member is ready to accept the help that is being offered and doing the work that it takes to achieve building a better mental health for themselves. Unfortunately, addictions to drugs and alcohol can coincide with some individuals who have mental health conditions. The individual uses the drugs and alcohol to try to numb the pain physically and or mentally to deal with whatever they are experiencing. This only makes it even more difficult to get the individual to seek the help they need. Children who are dealing with mental health conditions are even more heartbreaking to witness. There isn't a simple solution for them. Finding the correct diagnosis or discovering the right formula to treat their symptoms successfully. Depending on the age and the behavioral problems that can arise, the child might not even be able to articulate how he or she feels. The parent is usually the first to notice any changes in moods, eating habits, sleeping patterns, changes in energy, or even if they're showing self-injury and self-destructive behavior. Coming up in my next episode, Mental Health Stigma, Part 2. I will continue discussing mental health issues, remembering how school shootings are a result from mental health tragedies that could have been prevented. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy my podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. The views and opinions expressed by Nearest and Dearest Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Nearest and Dearest Podcast. Any content provided by Julie Rogers or any other authors are of their opinion. They are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you.